Thank you, worship team. That was so sweet, so beautiful. Can we give the worship team a big hand, please? Just thanking them for their ministry. I want to pull up a couple quotes here and just to test your test your knowledge of quotes. All right, you want to pull those up? All right, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men, say it with me, are created equal. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the, read it with me, the content of their character. Who said that? Awesome. I knew you were a very educated group. Go to his last quote, if you would, the next slide. Many of you know that Martin Luther was a a pastor. Uh, He says, I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and every mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Wow. What an awesome thing. I, I think most, like, like, it seemed like everybody would have known that quote. I have a dream. And I don't know about you, but it's, it, is, it is just upon the hearing of it, and if you hear him say it, it just like ignites something inside of you that, that uh, awakens that God-given dream that he put in every one of us uh, to be able to see what his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, just think about just that, you know, we're about to celebrate that tomorrow and, and a special day, a Martin Luther King Jr. Day, that we celebrate and honor that. And with all the things rising up around us, even recently, uh, I felt that it was important for us to acknowledge it and take a moment and pray right now because the enemy uses everything he can to bring division. Yeah. And he just uh, The craziest things, he just does it, but we just need to, as the church, realize <laughs> every tongue, tribe, and nation were created by the Almighty God. Come on, every person was. And not one was created higher than the other. And that we would really believe that the Lord would give us, even as a church, the ability to to walk that out every day and never let us slip back uh, like the enemy's trying to do now. He's trying to tear our nation apart uh, in so many ways. And so I want to just take a moment and pray. I just want to agree with me, if you would. Father, we thank you today. that you did create us all equal. And I pray, Father, for each and every one of us, God, that our hearts, God, would just be so cleansed from anything other than that understanding that we might walk out every day with the complete love of God for all mankind. There would not be anything in us that would bring division because, God, of our, uh, of our color, of the color of our skin, but, God, we would, as he said, uh, Lord, look at the character of our hearts. And we thank you for that. We pray your blessing, your favor, and your peace over our nation today, Father. Blanket it, Lord, with the love of God. Blanket it, God, with the understanding that you are the creator of all of us. 
And Lord, we thank you for that. We just pray that peace over our nation as we move into 2020, uh, that we would see, Lord, things turned around. You would silence the enemy in his desire to confuse, divide, and separate a nation. We love you, Father, and we thank you uh, for the bravery and the courage of Martin Luther King, Jr., And we just pray that, Lord, we would all be able to ring out his words that we, too, have a dream. And we love you, and we bless you, and we ask your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, and everybody that agrees said, amen, amen. Amen. We started a series uh, last week on friends, and um, I want to continue that on this week. And as I've been working through it and studying through it, I've been really challenged in my own heart about this. What, what is a friend? Oh, go ahead and release the bridge, kids. Uh, I saw all their leaders over there smiling at me. I thought, wow, they really like the word today. But no, they were like, is he going to do it? There's a, who won the bet, by the way, Jagger? <laughs> but but the, 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 the whole concept and the idea of friends uh, has been stirred in my heart deeper than ever before. Uh, and I, as I've been studying, here's just about 10 things, and these are not on the PowerPoint up there, about 10 or 11 things that so far that I've come up with for the value and the importance of having friends in our life and hopefully friends uh, that we, as we talk about, we understand more, and we can all move toward that in our own personal lives. We take it personal. But here's what I've been coming up with, and you can just kind of think through your, in your own mind what scriptures would apply to this, what scriptures would say that, yeah, this is, that's really, that's God's thinking, that's God's heart. Because I think sometimes, you know, when we talk about the Word of God and we talk about our obedience to God, it's just as important uh, for us to walk out the obedience of the scripture. How many would agree with that? A simple statement, but I mean really do it. Not just say it, but really do it. And really allow it to impact us. So here's some of the things that I've come up with. And, and again, I'll put these together at some point and uh, actually give you the scriptures that they came from. But I'd like for you to stretch your thinking uh, uh, in the scriptures yourself and your own thoughts as I read these. And this is how do friends impact your life? How do friends impact your life? The, the first one I came up with, they feel, they feel the relational necessities that every person has and was created with. When you were created, you were created to have relationship. That's why even the demonstration of God himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the three, we know they're one, but they were also in three uh, different uh, uh, forms. And then when we come to the garden that we talked about a while back, he made man, he created man, he created everything else, and the, the first thing he says, it's not good for a man to be what? Alone. And so there's this, this necessity that we have to have these type of relationships. Uh, a matter of fact, since the social media boom uh, a number of years ago started, uh, they, they can actually track and scale that because of the social media that's electronic and on the computer and distant, that the, this is the, 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 the correspondence of anxiety and stress have risen from that point forward. And we, still see, we see that still continuing on today. 
and it's maybe worse than ever before, the whole anxiety and stress and those type of uh, things that are happening to people. And it seems to me that there's more health issues, which they say that lack of friendships will cause. The second thing I came up with is they help us to become balanced, to become balanced. You know, have you ever had anybody come and correct you for something? If you're married, it's for sure. Yeah, Joe's pointing to his wife. And how many know that that hurts, but it's probably really good? How many would say that they're glad that uh, Samantha's been talking to Joe? I've noticed the improvement, Joe. I've noticed it. It's been good. But it's the truth, isn't it? People help you. Uh, and you can thank the scriptures for that. The third thing is that they're able to speak to our blind spots. They're able to speak to our blind spots. That's what a good friend will do. And the thought that came to me when I was thinking about that this morning is, you know, have you ever uh, had a piece of lettuce right in your tooth while you were in the middle of a meal? And, 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 and yet nobody tells you about it? You get up and you go into the bathroom and then you look and, oh my, why didn't they tell me about that? You know, well, a friend will tell you. You know, they'll say, hey, you got this thing happening, you know? <laughs> I, I, I thought about the fourth thing that uh, friends impact in our lives is creativity. Creativity. If you've ever been sitting, sitting down and brainstorming about something with somebody that has similar uh, interest, uh, then the, the something multiplies in your creativity. Uh, what about the, it gives us courage? You know, we read that in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. And, and courage just comes from having a close friend. Uh, they help us multiply what we can accomplish. They help us multiply what we can accomplish. And I, I'm really just wanting to salt your oats here because I'm serious about the whole concept of me becoming a better friend and having better friends. Because this is what it's doing for my life. This is what it's doing in my life. Uh, they make us a better person. Uh, they, they mentor us or we mentor them. Um, they help us accomplish our full potential. Sometimes you won't do it on your own. As a matter of fact, most of the time you cannot fulfill your own full potential on your own. You need somebody to come alongside of you. They help us to overcome selfishness. They help us to overcome that. Uh, they, they help us. Uh, the friends should make us stronger. Friends should make us stronger. So I want to jump in now into a few thoughts that I have for today. And maybe you can grab one of the, the bulletin and there's space on the back of it for some notes. And you can jot down a few things. And I do not have notes for you this morning. But, uh, but before I get started, I... I saw this deal, which is kind of relevant for today, given the fact that we're in the middle of winter. Uh, how many know it's really getting cold out there? <laughs> Just surprisingly. But a wife texts her husband on, on a cold winter morning, and, and what she texted him was, the window's frozen and it won't open. The husband texts back, well, gently pour some lukewarm water over it and gently tap the edges with a hammer. The wife texts back about 10 minutes later, computer really messed up now. <laughs> All right. Okay, we'll get into the word. Speaking of friends, speaking of friends, okay, uh, you, you may remember or maybe you don't remember, but back in 2009, Burger King ran this social, this is not a joke, okay, this is true. 
ran this social media advertising campaign, and what they said was if you will eliminate, I think it was 10 of your friends off of Facebook, unfriend them, we'll give you a free Whopper. Well, they, they had an unexpected response. 23,000 people responded, which means 230,000 people were bumped off of Facebook. And they also wondered what in the world was happening. And, and it actually got some people offended. Have, who has been unfriended here by... Don't, don't raise your hands. It's really challenging, isn't it? You just kind of keep them on there, and just once a month you just block their post, I guess, and they don't know that. But anyway, uh, you, you, <laughs> you, that, they, they did this, and they immediately, once they got such a big response, of course, Facebook was not happy with them. Uh, they changed it. They changed it off. And I thought, well, what a, what, a, what a faux pas of a try of uh, communicating or advertising your company. Last week, we started with this verse here, John chapter 15 and on verse 15, and this should be up there uh, for you, it's, uh, it says this, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. To me, it's one of the most amazing transitions of God saying, Hey, I, I just want you to know, this is how I view you. This is how I look at you. And, and then of course, we know this is John, who was his closest friend, uh, writing this. Uh, but it's, it's amazing that, that God is after more than you just come into church. He's after a friendship with you that's real. And as we look at friendship today, keep him in mind. Then we read Ecclesiastes chapter 4, one of our main verses, uh, verses 9 through 12. And, and it says, two people are better off than one, uh, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Now, I, and I have to really take a hold of this and realize that, that, that this verse, this Bible verse here is true. How many would say it's true? Okay, so, that, so now I'm agreeing with it, but now i got to do something with it, and hopefully we can step into that. Uh, likewise, two people lying together, lying close together, can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken." Now, Father, today as we look into your word, I pray that our minds would be open and ready to receive. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit just to come upon each one of us that we might receive the truth you have today. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Samuel, and last week we talked about the various different uh, uh, friends that were in the Bible. We talked about the, the different ones that had friends. Jonathan and David was one of them that we brought up. And I want to come back to him today because he may be one of the greatest examples uh, ever of what true friendship looks like and see what we can glean out of it so that we can then have this plumb line to say, okay, I, I might be like this when it comes to friends, but I can straighten out and be like this, not according to what I think friends are, because a lot of people nowadays have been so hurt by people that their friendship to them is just like this. 
And God said, man, I just want to bring you closer because this isn't going to quite hold you like I just said it would hold you in Ecclesiastes. It's not going to hold you, but this will. And so as we look at this, uh, this life of Jonathan, we, we see Jonathan, one who his father was the king. As you remember, Saul was the king. His father was a king. And it seemed to be that his mother was a bit of a, just a quiet person on the side, not involved. But the father, King Saul, was a tyrant. I mean, this guy was really mean. And, and, he, and, and he displays that even to his son. And I want us to look at a few verses in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 15 through 18. I want to give a backdrop of where I'm going to go this morning with this particular passage. It says this in uh, 1 Samuel 23, 15 through 18. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his, excuse me, I want to back up, I, I, I meant to start in uh, 1 Samuel 20, not the other one. So let me back myself up here and get us to the right passage so we're going to be on the right page. Because this is the backdrop to the next story we're going to look at. It says, and then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan, and he said to him, your Son, you son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to be your own shame and to the shame of your father's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, you shall not be established, nor your kingdom. If you remember the story, David was anointed king by God. He was anointed king, but at the moment, King Saul was still in that throne room. And his son was to be the person that inherited that and become the next king, which is an important part of this picture in talking about friendship. And, and if you remember last week, I said that Jonathan was in the meeting with King David, or with David and King Saul, and, and, and through that conversation, he saw something in David that he'd never seen in his father. And at that point, he says, man, I'm going to be knit to this guy forever. Jonathan to David. He saw something. He had an abusive, rough father, but he saw this man that was humble and caring and loving. And so he actually attached himself to uh, David. So that's kind of the setting. And now, if you remember right, there were some issues where Saul began to, began to become jealous about David. And so they're in this conversation, and his, his anger flies to the surface. And then verse 31, for as long as the son of Jesse, David, lives on the earth, you, Jonathan, shall not be, nor your kingdom. Now therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered Saul, his father, <clears throat> and said to him, why should he be killed, and what has he done? And so here we have a son standing up to his father in, in, in the middle of a, a very vicious situation. And then Saul cast a spear at him to kill him. I told you he was kind of a mean guy. You know, he throws this spear at his own son. Now, was he just trying to scare him and send it right by him, or was he literally aiming for him? But can you imagine that? He threw the spear at him because he was wondering, why are you so upset about David becoming the king? Verse 34, so Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food for the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David 
uh, but his father treated him shamefully. And so we see this whole scenario of a father and a son, a king and a son who's supposed to claim the throne, but yet Jonathan recognizing that it was of God because Saul was godly at the beginning of his life, but he recognized this was God that put the anointing on David, and he's willing to give that over to humble himself because he became a friend of David. And now let's go to chapter 23 of 1 Samuel, and we'll start reading verses 15 uh, through 18. And so David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in, the for in a forest. And then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. And even as my father Saul knows that. So that the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went on to his home. So Jonathan goes out to encourage uh, David, and to tell him not to be worried, don't be afraid, my father's not going to find you, I'm going to make sure of that. And he encouraged him in the Lord, and then he affirmed the call of God in his life by saying, hey, you're going to be the next king, and I'm going to be right next to you, I'm going to be right underneath you. And I thought, wow, what an amazing young man to be able to do this. And so he does that. And so when we, when we look through this story, I pulled out just some thoughts uh, of what, 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 what are real friends like? What does a real friend look like? And again, hopefully we can kind of take some of these points for ourselves and maybe just put us, ourselves up against the plumb line of the scriptures to see how we're doing. Because as we know, uh, uh, friends today has taken on a whole new meaning. How many would agree with that? You know, are you friends, or how many friends do you have on Facebook? And, and, and it's funny because, you know, how many have some friends you still don't know who they are? <laughs> they wanted to be your friend, and you, somehow maybe you clicked yes, and they're there, and you're like, uh, hmm, who is that, you know? Uh, does anybody have some of those hanging around? I mean, I do. And it's like, wow, I have no idea who they are. And, and, and then you, you find out, well, they knew somebody you knew, you know, and uh, and so it's interesting, but friendship and friend has taken on a whole new meaning, uh, and I think it, it would behoove us to see what the scripture says a friend looks like, compare ourselves to that, and then let's move forward this year establishing some friends or friendships or broadening those, or in some cases, uh, you'll see, in some cases, you might need to eliminate a few friends. You might need to unfriend them. And, and, and it would be for your betterment. So the first thing I saw, see here is uh, that a, a real friend will be there for you during a time of trouble. They'll be there when you're in trouble, in other words. And uh, I think uh, most of us have heard Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And so as we, as we look here, and this is exactly what we see with 
Jonathan and David. What does he do? He sees that David is in a time of trouble. And what does he do? He goes out to him. He goes out to connect with him to do what? Not to kick him when he's down, but to really to encourage him and build him up and to strengthen him and to assure him that he's not alone. Somebody's there with him. Somebody's, he's going to walk this, through this entire situation with him. And, and, and we know that uh, that's important because really when you think about uh, a friendship, uh, Jonathan was the one that defended David right in front of his own father. And I think, wow, because he says, hey, my father knows that I'm with you. And I want you to know that I'm with you. And, and they built this established and established this relationship. So a true friend will be there during a time of trouble. And I, I, I just wonder sometimes, many of us probably have had situations where we found ourselves in trouble in some way or another. And all of a sudden, the friends that we had, we're no longer hearing from them. They just kind of somehow quietly disappeared. And here I was in a time of need. You know, it's kind of like, uh, the, the, the pastor who said a man came up to him once and said, hey, I'm with you all the way as long as you're doing right. I'm with you. As long as you're doing right, I'm with you. And the pastor's response was, well, that's great, but, you know, I don't need you then. I need you when I'm not doing so right. That's when I need you to come up alongside of me, and I need your help. I need your encouragement. I need your strength. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? See, a friend loves at all times. It's not uh, just once in a while or just when everything's going well for you. And I know many of you may have experienced a loss of a friendship when something happens. And you know, sometimes is the, the, uh, the terrible thing about Facebook and some of the social media, some of the things that get thrown around, and before you know it, you're entering into those conversations in a very negative, sharp way about somebody you really don't have the details on. And you jump in and you throw your two cents in. And like, you didn't do any research. You didn't really know what was happening. You just read one person's gripe. And you jumped in. You'd be very careful with that. Number two, uh, true friends will help you depend on God and not you. They'll help you depend on God and not you. Jonathan didn't minimize the problem, but he also didn't present himself as the solution. He directed David back to God. He directed David back to God. And I believe, even though it doesn't say there that he prayed for him, because remember it said he didn't eat. He fasted for him after that whole uh, interaction with his father. He fasted for the situation for a day, it says. And, and so he, I think he probably prayed with them. And, and as I thought about it, if you, if you compare the scriptures with the Psalms, a lot of them will go according to a time in history. And, and during this time, when he's out hiding in the forest, these are the Psalms that he wrote. Psalms uh, 35, 36, and 37. And let me just read a couple of verses out of that because I thought, wow, how appropriate and, and uh, this is for... <clears throat> understanding where his heart was. Psalms 35, verses 1 through 4, says this. It says, Plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take a hold of the shield and buckler and stand up for my help 
and also draw out a spear and stop those who pursue me. Uh, say to my soul, I am your salvation. And you, and you read on further into uh, chapter 36 and 37, and you see the cry of his heart to the Lord while he's in the middle of this stressful time. And what does Jonathan do? He comes alongside of him, and he encouraged him, and he did what? The Bible says he strengthened him in God. And I just, you know, sometimes we try to be somebody's hero, when in reality what we need to do is to really to point them toward God. You need to point them toward the, their faith and for, for the strength that he's your stronghold. Not, I can't be that for you. I can be there with you, but my, my best bet is that if I direct you toward God's strength, God's ability, and God's desire to uh, help you in a time of need. And I, I just wonder about this question here. Are your friends, listen to this, are your friends stronger or weaker in Christ because of the time they spend with you? Are they stronger or weaker? And I say that because, again, when we come back to our relationship, I think probably most of us realize, and, and, and potentially uh, ladies are better at getting deeper than men, but we just talk about politics, or we talk about the weather, or we talk about all these things, and then we jet off, and we never stop and maybe even share where we're at, or share the need that we have, or open up to somebody that could potentially speak back into our lives. And God wants you to have friends that you can open up to and open up with. And because we were created that we have to have these relationships, I've come to the conclusion they're not optional. I have to start learning as a man, as a male, to begin to open up more about what's going on inside of me at times. And again, how many know you don't do that with everybody? But you can do that, what, with a friend. But why? Because they're going to stick closer than a brother. They're going to be there for you. They're going to give you the opportunity to open, open stuff up and share what's going on in your heart. Sometimes I have found, uh, even in the form of what we would call counsel, it's just that you sit there and begin to open up and talk about what's going on inside that the healing begins to happen. Isn't that right? I mean, it's just all of a sudden, wow, I, I, you know, yeah, you'll get a little bit of counsel. You get a little bit of you know, feedback, hopefully, from, from a good friend that's going to lead you like Jonathan did to David. Hey, David, don't worry, man. God has you covered. He's going to help you with this thing. And I'm not talking about giving this fast, pat answer. I'm talking about somebody stepping into this with you because you opened your heart. But because I don't open my heart, I have a conversation, I walk away, and I'm in the same condition as when I started. And, and it's not being covered. So a true friend is there uh, to help me, but also to direct me back to God. How do we graciously, lovingly, kindly direct people back to God? How do we help them get back there? Because our help is in the name of the Lord. And Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 says, And let us consider how we may what? Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And sometimes I, I might be in such a bad position mentally that I am not going to think clear and I'm going to go do something dumb. Has anybody ever said anything in anger that was really dumb and you wished, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that? <laughs> you know, we can all raise our hands. But if you have a friend that you're running stuff off of, they're not going to agree, yeah, oh yeah, that's fine, you're right, you deserve to act like that. 
You know, no, they're going to help you understand. Yeah, that wasn't right, but what's going to be the solution for you and for that situation, and even potentially for the other person, uh, is that we spur each other on to love and good work. So number three is I will seek to be a source of emotional strength for you. That's what a true friend is going to be. And again, we're back to the whole thing is that, you know, we, we need to learn to open up our heart and, and, and what it says in, in 1 Samuel 23, 17, it says that, but David was encouraged with truth. So, so Jonathan stepped into his life in this troubled time and gave him truth. And, and I think that, you know, the enemy always uses fear against us. Have you ever found that to be true? Something happens. For me, you know, I don't know if maybe I just listened to the dumb story, poem, whatever they call it, the sky is falling. Remember that, the chicken, the sky is falling. I must have heard that too many times because oftentimes that's exactly what I think when something's not going right. I really do. Man, the whole sky's falling. And, and so don't read that one to your kids, okay? Just <laughs> cut that one out. Uh, and, and, but that's what happens. But fear, the enemy loves to use the spirit of fear on us because he knows when we're operating in fear, we will also operate irrationally. We will make the wrong decisions. We'll do the wrong things. I think of my friend in college, Bible college even, I got really mad one day and he thought, well, I'm just going to go punch the wall. <laughs> well, unfortunately, he... He didn't get between the studs. He hit the stud and broke his entire hand and wrist. The anger makes us do these dumb things. But, you know, if we have somebody that can come and help us in our emotional life and, our, and, and so forth, because we are made up of body, soul, and spirit. Every one of us is here. Every one of us here are. Now, I know a lot of guys that don't like the emotional side of this thing, and so we've kind of shut it down, and we've kind of made it like as if it's not for us, it's just for the ladies, but the reality is that we're all made up with body, soul, spirit. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions, and so we have to learn, and I think in particular, if I could just speak to us guys, is we have to learn to make sure that our friendship and our conversations are going deeper than politics, sports, and the weather, or business. But we really begin to see that, you know, maybe God brought me close to this person for a purpose and for a reason, and how am I? You know, is my friendship with you making you a better believer? No change or a worse believer. Because that's, that's what happens around us. We know that, that, that friends affect our life. That's why uh, it's, it's very common and it's biblical. It's, show me your five best friends and I will show you your future. And it's really true. And so it's important for me to begin to establish myself and my friends in a much deeper way. Number four, I will, I will be self-effacing. I will be self-effacing. And we see this again with Jonathan uh, when his father's telling him, hey, if David succeeds and makes it and we don't kill him, because he's the anointed king guy, you're never going to be the king. And Jonathan addressed that right, right back to him. So, no, 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 not going there. And he races out to help David. And he says, David, here's what. You're going to become the next king, and I'm going to be right by your side. I thought, man, what a humble guy that is. Not only was he going to help him, 
to, to be that and not be killed, but he was also going to stand next to him and make him a success as a king. We know he, we know he was killed with, at war with his father. If it didn't happen, but that was his heart. That's what his desire was. So how do we help seek, uh, become a source of uh, self-effacing around friends? Um, and the, the, the other statement would be this under that particular point is that uh, Jonathan's friendship wasn't concealed. It was open. In other words, when his father, the angry one, started talking about it, he was openly saying, hey, no, 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 no. The prophet said he's to be the king. He wasn't hiding that. And I wonder maybe application-wise for us, if we've not been into a circumstance or a setting where somebody begins to spill out something really mean or negative about somebody else we know, but we just sit there silent, because, of course, we don't want to go against the grain. We just sit there silent while they rag somebody, and we don't stop them and say, hey, wait, 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 time out. That's not the person I know. And, 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 and if, you, if, if, you need, if you have something with them, let's use the Bible. The Bible says go to them first. Have you done that? And if you have and there's no response, why don't I just go with you? That's a Bible, right? Matthew 18. That principle of stuff. But no, we, we, we need to be bold with our friendship. And if somebody's speaking bad about you, we need to speak up. Come on. You know what I'm saying? And Because that cuts off the murmuring, the griping, the gossip, and all the things that really bring destruction to a person's life. The fifth thing I found is that a true friend lives in covenant. True friend lives in covenant. Proverbs chapter 18 and 24. One who has unreliable friends, those that will run when things get hard, or maybe they'll join into the conversation about you. Those that have unreliable friends soon come to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I think, how awesome is that? I think we have a sign that says something like, uh, you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, <laughs> but it says, friends are the family that you choose. Friends are the family you choose. In other words, you're bringing them in. You're going to step into, as Jonathan did with David, he stepped into a covenant relationship with his friends, with David. They brought them close together, and, 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 and they stick with you. A friend loves you at all times, Proverbs 17, 17. He loves you all the time. There's not a change. Because every one of us will go through seasons and hard times and so forth. Maybe uh, whatever the case might be, uh, we're going to go through those. And as we read in Ecclesiastes, man, you're in trouble if you don't have a friend. You need to develop some friendships, and you need to let them go deeper so that all the things that God has for you will be fulfilled. The sixth thing and the last thing that I've come up with here out of uh, this is, is uh, actually found in Proverbs 13, 20. It says, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. True friends encourage godly character, and they push us forward and they help us to reach our full potential it keeps us on the right track when I'm not thinking clear they're going to be thinking clear with me and because they're my friend they're going to tell me that I'm not thinking clear and they're going to help me to think clear at all times you realize if you have two or three solid friends and you, know, you certainly can't have uh, you know a ton of very deep friends Jesus pulled 12 together he had 12 friends 
okay, that he walked with. And, uh, and, and then he had three of those 12 that were closer, but then he had John, who was really close. And that's what I wrote in one of my devotionals uh, for the, on the 21-day reading the Bible, was that, you know, when you read the book of John, you're literally reading a letter from somebody that was closer to Jesus, God, than anybody else has ever been on the planet. Can you imagine that? So that wisdom that we're getting from him, man, when you read John, just soak it in. Say, God, I want to receive from that. I want to know what that's like, and, and I want to walk with God in that same way. He was so close to the Father that uh, uh, Jesus said he, a, he, he just loved John. And I thought, wow, how awesome is that? So as I read that, I've been really letting it go deeper and trying to glean more principles from the book of John. Which, by the way, if you haven't started that, can I encourage you to go ahead and start? You might not be on the first day, but just start where it's at. You can go to the website, get on the app, hook it up for it, and make your comments on it too. Number seven, the last thing here, true friends stay faithful in the middle of adversity. Proverbs 25, 19, trusting in an unfaithful man in times of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Wow. So we, we, we know that if I have good friends established around me, that I'm going to have some help no matter what I go through. And how many know that sometimes you just go through some hard times? You face a lot of challenges in life. You, you end up with, in, in situations where, uh, you know, you can go into the corner and you can grit and bear it and make your way through it, but I don't think you'll reach your full potential because of that, because we need each other, and we need to walk together and be together, and we need to create friendships. So I have three things that I just want to challenge us with as I close this morning uh, uh, for you to rethink when it comes to friendships, and that's these three questions. Um, in, in terms of uh, the friends that you have or the friends that you need. Maybe you have some friends that you need to step back from. I didn't say discard them, but if you hang with them, they're going to definitely influence your life. We've read that in Proverbs. Okay? Maybe this morning you have some people that you need to allow to be your friends. Maybe you have some people that are around you that you need to allow to be your friends. They have wisdom. They have character. They care about you. They may be constantly reaching out to you, but you just don't respond back, and you just kind of leave it alone. And there's many reasons that we don't respond back, and we could go into those. But there's lots of reasons. But yet there's people that God places around us and, and, and we just don't take advantage of developing a friendship with them. Why? Because friendship takes a little bit of work. If you have a close friend, you know it takes a lot of work, right? Come on. It's just like getting married. It's great, but man, doesn't marriage take a lot of work? Come on, man. All the wives are shaking their head and the men are being quiet. Don't make me stay up here alone, guys. I'm looking for a friend right now. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, to have something deep, it takes work. But man, the rewards of that are so amazing. It's so amazing. And the third thing, I have some friends I need to step back from because they are influencing me. I have some people I need to allow to be my friends. And then the third one, which I want to challenge you up possibly to consider, is maybe I need to be a better 
friend. I have to be the type of friend that sticks closer than a brother. Brother was put in your life for really strong adversity. I, I don't know that it's a negative thing when it comes to that particular verse, you know, a friend sticks closer. A friend sticks to you because he really cares about you because he's developed a friendship with you that's very meaningful. Jonathan stepped into covenant with David, which made him really a brother. He wasn't going to break that covenant. He didn't want to break covenant. Your family's going to, most of the time, nowadays getting pretty broken up, but most of the time they're going to stick very close to you even with adversity. But what about when a friend does it? It's just a lot different. All of a sudden, wow, this person doesn't have to stay with me. When I'm ugly and I'm mean and I'm doing all these things, am I being a friend to people, a good friend? And I just feel like those would be three things. If you just give some meditation this week as, as, as we go through the week and, and we consider that, what friends should you back off from? Because they really are not building you up. They're taking you down. You go neutral. <clears throat> and and how, how can I maybe find the friends that God has for me that I might be able to connect with them and begin to build something with them that's going to be meaningful? And then how can I be a better friend to people? Somebody that's going to really speak life into me. And I think in, in young marrieds in particular, you have to have that. You get around the wrong crowds, you'll hear the wrong jokes about your marriage, you'll hear the wrong things about what to do and all of that. But when you have somebody that cares about you and is able to give you good input, I'm telling you, you can run through a troop and leap over a wall. You're not going to fail on that thing. But man, without it, Ecclesiastes says, you're in trouble. So let's just pray. Let's just ask the Lord to maybe stir one of those three questions or maybe all three of them in our hearts to say, Lord, what can I do to have greater friendships that are going to be meaningful for my life because you've ordained and structured my life to be this way? So, Father, this, this morning I thank you for your word that addresses everything. You address everything, God. And right now, as we focus on friendship, I, I pray for those that have been hurt with friendships, that a healing would come as we look into your perfect law and find freedom from any hurt from past friendships and relationships. And that today we would have a clean heart before you about those. So that we would open up and step into, Father, fresh friendships that you're going to develop this year. I believe it's more critical than ever before that we develop stronger bonds, relationships, friendships with each other. So, Lord, I pray for all of us here. That we would step into some friendships would, that would actually literally cause our lives to multiply their lives to multiply. We would see amazing things happen as you are building together the body of Christ. We ask you, God, to help us. I pray for marriages. Help us in our marriages to, to be friends with our spouse. Help us in our marriage, God, to go further with that and not to step back and, and, and just to leave it without. But help us in that, Father. We know the value, the importance of it. And for each and every one of us here, Father, that uh, our friendships would begin to blossom and grow this year. We would see the fruit of your word taking place in our lives and in their lives. And we thank you for that. Just bless your word to each one of us. In 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Would you just